0: Uh, hi, and welcome, Ushua Prashant. Uh, you've been on the show, I think, the third or the fourth time, and uh, I'm glad that uh, we are as much part of your journey as you are part of us. Uh, mm-hmm. You've been a student uh, when you first uh, did this podcast with me. Yeah. Uh, then you, uh, I think somewhere around your higher studies, we had one chat. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe even one more if I remember, but this one is, now that you're working, uh, yeah. I would love to study this mind that has been growing in front of me, on camera as well, so welcome to the show Ushua, and uh, for our guest, uh, she seems to be a lucky charm, every now and then, she becomes part of the series that I'm working on, uh, welcome.
1: Thank you for having me, I'm excited to be here,
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, like I told you in brief, uh, this is uh, this series is called The Other Side of, uh, in your case, The Other Side of ESG Analysis. Um, so before I uh, get into asking you the questions, can you just explain for our guests what is
1: it that your
0: job entails and what do you particularly do? Right.
1: Now- Basically, ESG is an investing methodology. They So say hypothetically, you have a company A and company A wants to have some round of funding. Um, if they go and look for investors, they're going to find that these investors have certain criteria. These are ethical standards that most companies have to meet today. And so that falls under the bracket of ESG. ESG stands for environment, social and governance. And so it really looks at how the company is working, what the employees feel like, what the community around them uh, thinks about them, the perception they have around other people. Um, is it a good place to work? Is it is it a place that cares about sustainability? How does how do they deal with all of their you know, environmental impacts. These are the types of questions that I have to answer in my job. And these are the types of questions that I have to answer to every stakeholder that may have them. And that's the difference between ESG for an investor versus ESG in an actual company. And so Mm -hmm. while it started out as an investing methodology, today it's becoming something that everybody has a conscious agenda towards you have to work towards it and so one of the ways that my company is doing this is by hiring people like me to just tread the waters and lead the way and figure out the answer to these solutions for them
0: yeah okay uh a couple of questions ran in my mind as you were explaining but i would want to start with one uh when you say environment Uh, You you mean the environment in general or you're talking about the social environment as well? I'm saying both.
1: So the S stands for social. So uh, I mean, for example, um, companies that have factories across the world will have a social impact on what the factories are doing to the local communities. Um, Energy companies that build dams for hydroelectricity will care about the natural fauna as well as the native settlements over there. So that's environmental impact and social impact. Both have to be catered to.
0: Okay. My second question is still related to your job Uh, before I get into delving into the mind of yours. uh, Who keeps a check on what you do? So say if I am a company and I have called you and you are a consultant to start with, right? No, I work. I work for. I work work for a,
1: company. Yeah, my company's name is Open Cosmos. They are a space enabling company. Um, space enabling basically means that they take data about the Earth and use it to drive insights for other organizations and large companies that may need that data. So, for example, if you have really big um, desalinator tanks like they do in the Middle East, because fresh water is so scarce, they have to desalinate the seawater to you know, feed their resources. So they have massive tanks that do this. And oil spills, which are very common in that area because they also have a lot of oil mining happening, can be damaging to the desalinated tanks. And so Earth observed data is able to take a picture, monitor what's happening on ground and in the ocean, and detect an oil spill as quickly as up to three, four hours. And immediately it shuts down the desalinated tank. So the water is preserved and you don't lose all of that desalinated water that you've just spend hours and electricity and money trying to, you know, provide for your community. So our job is to provide that data and we use satellites for that.
0: So uh, going back to the original question on uh, this one, who keeps a check on whether what you're doing and you cannot be coerced or um, um, cajoled into finding a solution that is very convenient to me, Living in the capitalist world
1: that we do? Good question. Well, mm-hmm. it is a bit of a tricky balance, right? So on one hand, at least within open cosmos, we really are driven by our values. And personally these values are really aligned with me as well, which I find to be one of the easiest parts of my job. So we have, we have honesty, hum humility, and trustworthiness built into the company. A lot of my work is completely transparent. If my analysis shows that we're not doing something great, I say it and everybody goes, okay, how do we fix it? And then we work towards fixing it. That's just the way we are. And anybody who asks us for this information readily gets that answer from me and there's no pressure on me to change my words about it. We have a very strong sense of honesty about that. Um, However, publicly when we're talking about this information that's a different picture because if nobody asks we don't have to tell them and so far it's my job to also create the messaging around this and so I'm still working on how to do that yeah <laughs> Okay. Uh... but there's no such thing as being cajoled into a right answer yeah that's the honest truth about it Okay. oh um there's another piece of this puzzle I forgot there are also external bodies that report towards this yeah. there are there are frameworks in place and protocols for every single aspect of esg so for example if you look at the social aspect some of the things that would be important are health and safety standards which have international recognition you have quality standards for your products every single consumer purchased product has a quality standard and they have verifications for it on the back all of these are things that we do have to abide by and it's my job to verify them and that's the compliance side of it yeah
0: yeah which is what my question was uh, because uh, certification is going to play a huge role in what you do otherwise it is your word against mine on what is good and opinions don't really count when you are looking at certain standards that everyone has to abide by yeah so that's where compliance comes in, and uh, I'm glad you covered that part mm-hmm. okay uh, first question in mm-hmm. that sense uh, you can be the, the harbinger of bad news very often, considering your job profile. yeah, so first thing first, when you realize this, uh, what are your emotions about things because you're new to the field in a in a particular manner, the people that you deal with are seniors, even if they are not from your field necessarily. So, if yeah. I am running a company, I am the head of a company which has, like the mm-hmm. example you gave, I must be into multi-million-dollar business, and
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, you are one one of an upstarts just comes and you've mm-hmm. realized. Now, in this kind of scenario, I want your mindset. Uh, more than the answer of what you would do that I will delve into as we go forward. Yeah. But what happens when you realize, oh my God, this is not what I thought and uh, this is going down a track that I would have not wanted it to, but now there is bad news. How do you react? What happens? Any examples that you can give without taking names? Of course, please uh, maintain the privacy of your colleagues and your companies because I think yeah. that is uh, corporate ethics. You need to do that. But I would rather also hear stories of how things happen and how they get resolved or not, if you can.
1: Well, I have been lucky. I don't have any such experiences firsthand over here. Hmm. But when such a situation does arise, I have found that rather than looking at it like a problem, everybody wants to know how to fix it first. So it's very simple for me, I will process this information and say, okay, this is my problem. This is what I can do to fix it in the long-term. This is probably what I can do to fix it in the short-term. How do I get these pieces of information? This is my plan. And then I will communicate the same to whoever is in charge of these in charge. And then I will execute it. And it's a very simple, straightforward process. I try to keep my emotion out of it because at the end of the day the corporate world is not a place for emotion but at the same time it does hurt when these when these realities become very in your face and they can be hard to kind of deal with um I'm also very unfortunately the wrong person to answer this question because at the end of the day, I come back to extremely stubborn optimism in my job. And I just, at the end of the day, I'll go, oh, that, that, that sucks. I'm not okay with it at all. (sighs) I'll take a breath. And then I Mm. just, I turn around and I go, I'm going to do something to fix it anyway. Because stubborn optimism is what gets you to the solution. Okay.
0: Uh, okay, let me put it in another way where uh, your emotional connect is a little lesser, and yet you do feel the hit a little more.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, I remember speaking to you when you were about to leave for your studies and you were explaining to me what it is that you were doing. Yeah. And uh, I was also optimistic. Oh, there are studies like these in the world, and uh, um, so somewhere good things are being done. We are uh, concerned about it, um, even if it is token uh, most of the times. But uh, even uh, taking them in the right places, these compliances have some mm-hmm. use rather than have none at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, at that point, uh, I came from that uh, view. I realized you were very passionate about doing this. Even then you were uh, like rebel without a pause kind of feeling.
1: Yes. Yes. (laughs) I have found my cause. I have.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And uh, so I remember all these things uh, when we last spoke. And uh, while it was early days, I did realize that you would have uh, a bit of a Catch-22 often when you have this situation where you are supposed to nail it also. At the same time, you will also have to understand the practical considerations that go into it.
1: Yeah.
0: So today, uh, uh, say there are two, two and a half years since we last spoke, maybe a little more than that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Has Ushua grown out of that and become, ah, it's okay. Sometimes it may happen or does it still hurt when you hear things in other places, other companies, and this is happening and you cannot do anything from here? Does it still, are you still like, let's go after it and get it resolved. We are humanity and we are the intelligent species and all that.
1: Absolutely. I have my days when I think about it and I go, what's the point? I do have those days. And... uh, it's not a fun mindset to have. But at the end of the day, I think you know what? I'll come back to that saying that you just said, right? You're you're a rebel without a cause. It's true. I have found my cause in this. I'm very passionate about it. But in that rebellion, there's a strange form of love. If you think about it. Yeah, yeah. And the no more question. and the more. I get angry about those situations the more I find the drive to try and fix them. that is what I that is what intrinsically motivates me to do my work. I'm not I'm not there to do it for anything else. Everything else is immaterial and that is what is inner peace for me. Yeah. So yeah I get I get very angry about these things. I I have extremely loud outbursts about them and very strong opinions and i can be very rude at times about these opinions but at the end of the day it's because it's coming from that strange place of love i care about what i do yeah so my
0: uh, i want to delve a little into this space now Uh, the uncomfortable space where you are angry to start with Mm -hmm. Can you give me an example of what really happened uh, at some point where you were really worked up about something? I want you to tell me how did you find that peace point? See, because you mentioned the start and the end points. You start with being angry and then you realized at some point that it came from love and Mm -hmm. love always has the answers. Mm -hmm. But in between... There is this strange space of uh sabko jala kar kar dunga. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I want to I want to burn the world because they are not getting the hang of what I'm saying and they know it is wrong, but they still persist. Now, in that, why yeah. would you come to a peace point? How would you come to a peace point? I if you can give me an example or Take us through the thought process of uh, the darkness.
1: I would go to a raid room. Yeah. A raid room. Hmm. Um, It's a concept, basically. They're very common and very popular everywhere. Um, I've never actually been to one, but I've destroyed enough things to have the concept in my mind. Um, It's basically... It's a business. You can go, you can pay for the time that you spend in there and they have objects and you can just destroy them. Take a bat, swing it, destroy everything, punch the walls, kick the walls, hack into the walls with hammers, with baseball bats, just destroy plates, microwaves, whatever. It's just it's all about creating that chaos. And in that chaos, you have anger that is released. That is it. Um, of course. But so this you that. haven't
0: done, but you think about it. I think about it a lot. Ah. A lot. Okay. now I want to stick to any example. Right now I want you to bring yeah. it up in your head. Something yeah. that you were trying to, and maybe it didn't work out. So let's go a little deeper into now you're angry and you've just broken something and mm-hmm. close your eyes and imagine that you've just reached that point. What happens mm-hmm. then? Because think, it's
1: worked, you're saying. Yeah, I think about violence. And then I try to do something to fix that within me. I I enjoy going to the gym and exercising a lot. My goal for this year it has been the same as last year, actually, is to do a pull-up. And in order to do a pull-up, you have to have really strong arms to and really good back muscles to pull yourself up above the bar. Um. I'm getting there. I just not there yet. And one of the things that you do in order to build your back muscles is to lift as much weight as you can above your head. And it's a fun exercise to do. It just kind of releases your anger because you have to put so much effort into it. Yeah. So exercise, that's my outlet. I think about violence. I go to the gym. I come out and I'm at peace. And then I go to work. And I try no. to fix it.
0: Once you picked up the weight, then
1: what happens? Why oh, Why are you quiet? Depends. It depends on the exercise, right? Like. I, I want to know what's the
0: mindset. Because physically, uh, you are... The three. mindset is give it your all.
1: Yeah. You can't destroy anything else. Destroy your body. Tomorrow your muscles will be sore. Yeah. That's how you deal with the inner rage.
0: <laughs> okay. No, nice. the question still stays. So now hmm. you have destroyed your body. Why are you peaceful?
1: Well, I guess my brain is happy that I have released all of my pent up anger and some sort of energy. And so. And then
0: what happens if you come back to the thought that was troubling you to start with?
1: I go, okay, let's do something about it. Wonderful. Yeah. Cause you're at that point, right? Where you have reached mental exhaustion. You are sweating. You are tired. Every single muscle in your body is aching. And that's the kind of workout that I would enjoy the most. And that is what I do on a regular basis. There has to be no part of you that does not actually feel sore from the exercise. And so that's, that's by the end of that, you're just, you're standing there, you're taking a shower and you're like, "Ah, oh, I'm just tired. Okay, it's fine. Tomorrow, I'll come up with a solution. Go to sleep, pick up, zen. And you're not getting the answer you want. No, and- no,
0: no, I don't want a particular answer. I'm liking how you are <laughs> laying it for me. I'm trying to find if there is another nuance Right there in the shower where you are tired and sore. <laughs> the problem yeah. stays there. The original problem stays there.
1: Yeah. The original problem didn't follow me into the gym. You have meditation. This is, this is khatashism. It's, you don't, when something makes you that angry, when something gives you that much rage, you're not trying to let it weigh down on you for the rest of your day. You're taking that intentional break to do something else, to release the pent up emotions and frustration you may have, which it's two separate things, right? I mean, that's not really the problem. That's not the thing that's actually giving you all of this anger. Your anger just comes with it. You have to release it on one end, and then you have a calmer mind to deal with whatever it is that has made you angry or upset that's not necessarily true for my job only by the way yeah. it can very much happen when i have fights with the people that i love as well so
0: yeah we will go there as well but i uh, am um, I'm, I'm loving this uh, this dissection of uh, how it is reaching there so if i understand correctly so you started with a problem that was uh, that couldn't be handled immediately and solved immediately for whatever Mm -hmm. reason. And it was of a nature that uh, made you helpless enough to be so angry because you did not have an answer to that. Mm -hmm. And uh, mm, all of us are egoistic about our intellect. We love to resolve it and think that we have the answer to everything. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to, uh, please stop me where I go wrong. I'm just thinking how it might have happened. And then you decided um, okay, there's nobody else that I can uh, let this out on. So I'll go some place which some place which gives me uh, an outlet of sorts. And uh, it gives me something to do which is not very light. It's very intense and uh, While going through the intensity, because you can't go and pick up 100 kilos at once. Even if you are, because you will start with something that you can, but it's a little beyond you perhaps. If at all you are that angry, you'll say, no, no 10 kilos, I'll pick up 12 kilos or whatever. But you can't suddenly, sorry? I said, yeah. So then you move from, so the first sense of happiness comes in, you are angry at being happy, also perhaps, because you are, oh, I'm pulling it, but that bloody problem hasn't gone away, but I'm liking this. Oh, shucks, I can do this. So the mind no. has changed. No,
1: no. I, it has. No. Like I said, I leave the problem at the door. I, if if the problem is is without a solution immediately, I leave it at the door. And then I step into the gym. And I just deal with my emotions about it. That's so, all.
0: Um, so, is the gym the solution, or is you loving the gym the solution?
1: It's me loving the gym. I'm. I've never been the kind of person that likes to go running. I don't like to do exercise on my own. Going to the gym, it's it's like a community. It's there are so many people in there that are so impressive with their strength and their capabilities and it's something new and exciting to try every day it's also my version of play you know you just yeah and exercise always feels good at the end of the day It's is the one of the most vital things that i can do for myself um but the problem is not following me in there if it does that in itself is a problem.
0: Uh, yeah, okay. We'll, we'll leave it at the door, but we'll continue with this problem called Ushua, wanting a full gym to feel good. So suppose today is those one of those days mm-hmm. when you're not in luck and it's a completely empty gym
1: and you're still alone.
0: Would you no, still be go, as happy?
1: I go for the classes that they have. I do a specific no, set No, this is classes.
0: hypothetical. It's a
1: hypothetical
0: Yeah. So suppose you have entered, would you still be happy or not?
1: I think so. I still have my goals set out for that day. I mean, three months ago, I couldn't even bench press 10 kilos. But this week, up until my injury this week, actually, I was bench pressing almost 30 kilos. And it's been really impressive and I want to go back to it I want to continue to build on that strength and so that is exciting in itself the fact that I have friends there to also work out with it's kind of like the cherry on the top you know
0: yeah Mm -hmm. so uh, you do realize now that we're talking and dissecting this that it is in your hand and you are quite capable of one, so you have already very, very clearly said that you leave it at the door. That means you have a choice of leaving it before the door as well.
1: Yeah. But before and, the door, uh, I'm still thinking about it. And I'm stewing about it. Yeah,
0: yeah. But, but it does not mean that you cannot.
1: Mm, maybe. Yeah. I don't know if I have control over that part.
0: Yeah, but... Uh, The idea what I'm trying to give you is that we do uh, credit a lot of spaces and people and events and uh, outside things that supposedly bring us this peace. But at any point, none of these are really important. You did say that I might. So outside the door also, I might be able to give it up.
1: You Mm -hmm. will have to
0: find a different way perhaps, Mm -hmm. but it does exist. Mm-hmm. And because it does exist and because you are in a in a highly responsible job vis-a-vis just doing some kind of accounting or not that those jobs are to be looked down upon, just that it is a, a far more regular job and there are enough people doing it in the world. But uh, people who have jobs like yours are fewer and... Uh, the responsibility, the understanding and the wisdom required from people like you is much more. And uh, while you have every right to react the way you think is appropriate at any point of time, uh, I would think that uh, somebody with your kind of responsibility must lay a lot of emphasis in dissecting this on your own, not on this podcast, of course, uh, so that because the people that you're going to face and the events that you're going to face and the challenges are going to be quite huge. As you grow, uh, the kind of challenges will also exponentially grow. And at that point of time, you may not always have the liberty that you have right now that you go to the gym. And. So you may need to make a decision within the next 45 minutes. Uh, it might just be a simple signature that you need to do or you have to stop. And you're very angry. So you need to figure out there's no gym around and there is no rage room.
1: <laughs> and,
0: and, and, uh, and you are the boss. And there are 16 people waiting for your decision. Are you going to do it or not? And they are going to be inspired by your example or depressed by your example. And I would love to uh, uh, see you work on that aspect at your pace. Uh, This is something that just came up because you, the kind of expression that you talked about uh, when you were talking about anger, not that we are doing anything better. Uh, We are making people like you quite furious (laughs) is what I have realized. Mm -hmm. Uh, um, I myself some days uh, am unable to bear uh, how the world is behaving and what we are hurtling towards at speeds that seem inhuman. Every day you hear of a new story and I think we are all um, in the same business that you are, just that we refuse to acknowledge it and uh, uh, and we have our the same reaction that you have, is that you have the certificate and uh, tomorrow you might grow into it and this might become a far more everyday job for you than for us. So, uh, leaving that apart, uh, when you are in the gym and you're working with yourself, uh, what is it that brings your mind so much confidence and peace? Because actually, uh, when we are unwell, for example, uh, things happen to us and these same things happen to us. Our hands pain and our legs pain and our shoulders pain and all kinds of things and bones are creaking and they don't, the muscles refuse to open up. We are in the complaint zone fully and we we would want to be hand-held and served water on the bed and every every little thing needs to be taken care of. In the gym, you are bringing this on yourself physically.
1: So how come you are peaceful mentally? Well, I have to bring it back to this connection that you have with your mind and your body it has to it's not that they both always have to be speaking to each other but they have to at times right and what's happening when you deal with this kind of rage when you deal with these kind of stressful situations right it's not that I'm without stress I that's what this is go, what this sounds like right it, it sounds like stress I'm not without it but in that moment I'm not thinking about my problems I'm not thinking about my deadlines I'm not thinking about my my performance nothing One my thing. brain is I, I, I,
0: I want you to pause here my question I have understood that part My question is specifically this physical act of uh, stressing out your body. It's an independent question. It could have been a question without all of that we've spoken so far. Anybody who goes to a gym and does this routine, somebody who loves to work out, obviously, Mm
1: -hmm. like you
0: do. Now I want you to get into that mindset. Now you're in the gym, now you're doing these things. How come stressing yourself out physically? is not affecting your mind. Because otherwise, it shouldn't be likable. If we, Nobody likes pain of that sort. But here you seem to be. So what is it that is changing? Sorry, if the question is not clear, I will try and be more clear.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I understand. But I don't think it is that I dislike pain. I quite enjoy being uncomfortable and being you know, like in some sort of struggle and your mental struggles are separate from your physical struggles at the gym. That's, that's my point. There are times when you put yourself forward and you have to set your mind to a task and it's uncomfortable. And when I'm exercising, when I am in the middle of doing my reps, when I'm lifting my weights or even running sometimes I have to run. Um, I'm not really thinking about it. I'm just doing it. and even if it is stressful, being in that moment is peaceful. That's what it is yeah that yeah. it's it, I don't know I mean it's a I guess when you meditate you train your mind you train your mind to be quiet. when you exercise, you're so tired that your brain is not thinking about anything else. It's just going, but with the sound, like it's screaming. It's just, it's like, I, I have too many things to think about. Oh my, your fingers have to get lifted up this way. Your arm has to move this way. Your legs have to move to move to run. You have to pull up onto the bar. You have to, and you're also moving very fast. You're tired, you're fatigued, your muscles are tired. They're in recovery. Your entire body is in unison, working towards the exercise that you're performing. There's no time for any other thoughts in there. And that's the point of it. Yeah.
0: Um, one more uh, quote unquote exercise for you. <laughs> uh, Look at the two minds that you've described. Both of them are yours. One of them is of your choice. Uh, even if the beginning could have been "Oh, let me go and work out instead of thinking about the stress, whatever. But that really doesn't matter because that's a momentary input. Just that you have far more control of your mind and your body because you decide to. And that power comes from not necessarily logic. You may apply logic in retrospect, saying, oh, every day I go to the gym, oh, last time I did this, so now I'll do this and I can understand, I can go a little. But at every point while doing this, you know it is a fresh new moment and there is a fresh new Ushua who's who's really changing the dynamics and the paradigm of the moment through her sheer "Quote unquote, whatever willpower would be a too simplistic an answer. It's not willpower alone. It is just because you decided to be in that moment, in the way you are." Uh, sorry, I wanted to keep on stopping and pausing there. Now going to the uh, another job-related question: How do they train you when you uh, when you join? Does it seem too big and too huge? Because coming from college and getting into a company and then you realize, oh my God, this is like a mammoth task, and how am I going to do it? Does do those things also cross your mind, or are you a born genius? Oh, I'll come and resolve it and nothing like that, man. Hello.
1: There's work. No, there's no such there's no such easy cake answer. I don't think it exists in this world. <laughs> I I think I've I've been with Open Cosmos about a year now a year and a, a couple a bit over a year when I first joined I was still doing my dissertation okay. uh, for my degree um I was extremely stressed out about everything because I had a deadline to write 15,000 words yeah. um uh, I had to also Figure out everything about this job. And while I know a lot about ESG, I know very little about satellites. I know things about the solar panels on the satellites, not the actual satellites. So, a lot of those first couple of weeks was me learning about this technology, learning about the application, understanding what is happening in this company. And I still have so many questions about it. And That inquisitiveness is encouraged, but you know, at the end of the day, there's only so much that it will help you. And it was just driving me crazy in every possible way. I also had internal emotions that I had to deal with um, about so many other things that were going on in my life at that time. And there was just a lot I was weirdly sleeping. This was also because of the of the of the daylight times mm-hmm. in 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 the UK. The days in the summer are really long, and the days in the winter are really short. Mm-hmm. And as somebody who grew up in India, I'm used to waking up when I feel sunlight on my face. I never thought it would affect me this much, but it did, and when I was writing my dissertation, I was sleeping at seven, eight o'clock in the morning and waking up at two, three o'clock in the afternoon. It was crazy. And I mean, I was, I mean, it was just a wild ride. It really was. To go from that to this transition, it has been a lot of work. It really has. And it wasn't easy. But I would do it all over again if I had to. Yeah.
0: Uh, okay, I have a completely uh, weird question uh, that I have never thought of in these whatever 30, 40 episodes of this that I've done, the professional on the other side of. So the weird question is if all of this were taken away from me, this entire knowledge of this field and what you're doing and Uh, what you understand of it yet this uh, the mind and body remain the same except the knowledge and what has been given to you from outside uh, and whatever you worked on uh, changes and is not, not existent what would be your self image and why
1: I have no idea if I would even compute my self-image. Sorry, come again. I don't know if I would compute my self-image. Yeah, but go a
0: little deeper. In this
1: hypothetical, do I still know how to use words?
0: (laughs) I have no clue. The idea comes from we are so uh, strongly identifying ourselves with our jobs and our our daily routines and uh, and we work very hard to reach there. It's not like overnight or suddenly one fine day I'm a great writer or something. You've struggled with every bloody word and, and what it means and sometimes you go back to look at words that you thought they meant something and in my case and so often find yourself wrong and you're like What am I doing? I'm supposed to be a writer better than other people and I don't even know the name, like the word for this. So so one goes through tremendous amount of internal struggle to reach anywhere substantially. Mm -hmm. In your case also, uh, besides what you shared in your last answer, uh, my heart goes out to you, but well, you chose it. So uh, that makes it a little easier that you go out and live that. So my question is, if all of this is taken away from the struggle, the story and this, would you think of yourself as still capable or lesser or higher or how would you, and to help you with this answer, maybe it is another person we are talking of and you meet that person, how would you judge or how would you look at that person? That would perhaps make it easier for you to.
1: Would you mean capable of doing what I do at the moment?
0: I don't know. What would be be your self-image is the question. It's more about the mindset again.
1: I really don't know. I don't think I've stopped to really dissect what my mindset is like at this stage. I I like to understand who I am as a person. But who I am as a person does not necessarily have anything to do with my life experiences and I don't know if that's true for all of them. I know that I'm example. Yeah. Yeah, please. I know that I'm a caring person. I have always cared for and been absolutely in awe of nature. I have an unconsolable love for animals. Like I just do always have. I don't think that came from anything particular. But I know that I'm able to articulate my thoughts, think through what I'm thinking, behave the way I do, because of my life experiences. And so both of those go hand in hand for who I am today, but in completely different ways. I don't know. I really don't know the answer to this. I might think about it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, The idea is to, uh, we weren't given this chance. Honestly, we just uh, went down the rabbit hole. Uh, In a very particular manner, everybody told us what was to think and this is where we want to reach and this is how we are going to do things. It's only now, in the last say 8 to 10 years, I've been re-looking at my life and uh, whatever achievements I've had, uh, at least in my head. uh, what do others think of me? What do I think of myself? So how do I uh, contribute to the world, having come here and spent so much time, whatever time I have left? I now find that it is perhaps a very important question that one can give many more years to, rather than come very late and suddenly realize that, oh, uh, you have other fears and biases and doubts coming up. Uh, regarding mortality or any any such thing. So while you're young and while you're raring to go, and it is very important to know what your place in the world is and to put down your effort in uh, being the best you can be. These are questions that nobody gives us time for. Or, uh, and I would think a mind like yours would want to introspect on these when given a chance. Or if one were to provoke you into doing that perhaps
1: <laughs> well I'm not really sure I, I think I'm only just starting to understand and build this narrative about myself in my head yeah I think I have always chosen to be just who I am and I there's a certain authenticity to that that I don't know how to do any other way. Um, So, yeah. However, I did have a lot of time to think through these things during COVID. And I came up with a lot of the answers that I've given you today. These things have been fundamental to who I am my whole life. Um, And I guess those will stay with me but I have had to think about them. If I did not get the opportunity to do so, I would not have come up with that answer. Yeah. So maybe I would be the same person, but I wouldn't know how to explain it.
0: Yeah. yeah. No, that is a fantastic answer. Uh, I'm quite surprised by my own questions as much as you are, because I had no clue that I'm going to ask you such questions.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, I'm glad that has gone the way that it has because mm-hmm. I, I often say that I do not prepare for it but today mm-hmm. I felt the impact of it as much as you have and I'm wondering what are you asking and how are you going down this track and it is making me feel uh, that I also would want to introspect on a lot of things about uh, how this helps uh, talking to people and one thing I definitely want to thank you for is That you allowed the questions to move the way they did uh, Mm -hmm. without uh, sitting down to judge, or uh, because they some places they felt ridiculous to me as well. Why are we staying here? Mm -hmm. But it did lead to a a good story for me, at least in terms of if I were to see the episode from the beginning to the end, Mm -hmm. uh, there is a personality that is emerging which is talking about not only your. career and your approach to it, uh, your passion for it, but also as a person, as a as a problem solver, if I want to call it, there is a certain routine to it. Uh, certain things that I would think when the episode comes out that you would want to sit back and think, okay, so do I have a deeper answer to that for myself so that you can introspect? Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully it will help you. It will help all the people watching this um, All the very best, and you are always a pleasure to talk to. I'm so glad we had
1: this chat. Thank you so much for having me. If I were to leave you with one last thought, it would be, to all the listeners, consider taking up unapologetically, being optimistic. Yeah, it's a lot of work. But I think it would be fun to see the world like that No, We'll start a revolution. Yes, yes. Of course. Thank you so much for your time, yeah.
0: I'll see you
1: soon. Bye.